Oh yeah, oh yeah. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Counterparts. I am John Henry Soto. And uh, please settle down, folks, settle down. And I'm here with, as always, with uh, Mr. George Batista in the house, as always. And you know and why they're screaming? Why? Because, because of the guests that we're having on today. That's right. That's right. And uh, they should be screaming because we got a very, very talented uh, band out of New Jersey. Um, I've known these some of these guys uh, for quite some time. I sort of saw them grow up. I remember holding, <laughs> holding them in my arms and just... And, Ladies and uh, gentlemen, the E Street Band. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Dustin Bieber. So, but I'm very excited to have them here. So, why don't we just bring them on and start talking about music, George? What do you say? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Counterparts Break Time. Yeah. Oh, oh, listen, listen. These guys still jamming your intro music here. We're still jamming to your intro music, man. That was great. Listen, I love that music. Absolutely. Thank you for having us on. Good evening, everybody. We are break time and we are a great time. It's such a pleasure to be here. Now, John, think yes. about this. Yes. The last time that we were on one of your shows was all the way back in May of last year. And break time was a duo looking for two new band members so we could play our music live and we were releasing our debut track in uh, about two months time rock and roll refugee oh, which is our most streamed song can you wow. believe that wow nice. i had no idea it was uh that long and back then i was in uh i was in new jersey right that was before my yes, move, yep my move to uh, nashville wow um yeah i mean just just on a personal note, like I saw Sean and um, performing on a video on Facebook in front of a church. That was my first time seeing Sean. It was like on Facebook page. And I think it was at Grace Lutheran, I believe. And you were on the lawn and I saw them playing. I kind of had, I had a really good uh, feeling that this was a just good people, you know, like it was just a good ensemble that was there. And so I kind of, I think we just, I just kept following you. And then I think you were performing at uh, one of the, uh, somewhere, I can't remember yeah, where. It was the Marist Carnival. Marist uh, 2019. 2019. So I grabbed my camera and I said, let me head over there. And I uh, met Sean and, uh, and, and Tommy and um, the rest is history. I was really, really impressed with, with you guys, not just the musical talent, but your the way you communicate, the passion that you have behind, also the the presentation that you guys put out. You guys are always dressed like you guys have like an actual show. You do an actual performance, and I was very impressed at you know at such a young age because I think Sean is like like twelve, and I think Tommy is I think nine. Um, Douglas, um, he's actually still not born. He's in the process of being born. He's yep. still. In the womb, that's how young these guys yeah. are. But yeah. um, <laughs> exactly. But no, you guys are so young, and I just blow, you know, boggles my mind that you guys have it all together. And so, Sean, I want you to take a minute. I want you to introduce your newest member, and then let's hear from uh, from Doug uh, afterwards, and let's see what the what we got going on. 
Uh, yes, I would like to introduce our newest band member, me. Um, no, uh, I'd like to introduce <laughs> Doug. Um, Dougie. Doug joined the yeah. band back in September of last year, and we've never been the same since in the best connotation possible. It's been harmonious harmonious in uh, both the uh, figurative and uh, the literal sense. He's opened up so many possibilities uh, to us and it, it's been an awesome ride so far with you and the band, Doug. So we're happy to have you here. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. My, my cat's just uh, decided that <laughs> wants to just bother me, but all good. All good. Um, <laughs> now, now hopefully awesome. Doug thinks uh, the same of us. Uh, of course. It, it's, of course, man. Of course. Course. So, so Doug, um, how did you even come about? How did they find you? So, you know, I've been following their page for for a uh, for a couple of years before that. Like, well, I've been I've seen them kind of progress. And uh, one day in September, um, uh, they reached out to me, and I never really thought like I wasn't really in like the frame of mind of like, hey, like you know, like playing in a band or anything. You know, I used to kind of just do like my own kind of independent thing. Mm -hmm. And they were like, here, we have like, we have this opportunity, like we were looking for somebody, a guitarist and a singer and I'm a guitarist and I, and I sing. So it was like a perfect fit. And, you know, the rest is history. It was one, one little Instagram DM and the rest is history. That's amazing. And one of the, but the, the, the also challenging part is, and Sean and I talked about this because uh, Sean and I would do like therapy sessions, like late <laughs> at night on, on StreamYard. Um, but the style of music that that you know it's it's not easy to just go out and find somebody who's young and also interested in kind of like almost like recreating with a new vibe this classic music you know yeah it's um, almost like it's almost like you're rediscovering it correct again yes correct it's, and it's what it feels like so were you definitely into that style as well? Like you, you were. Uh... So I'm like I'm very open minded when it comes to different like genres of music. Uh, yeah. I was a big classic rock fan in high school. Like I was like one of the kids. I'd walk around with, like a little CD like Walkman like in high school, like <laughs> playing CDs like of, like throughout whole albums and stuff like that, like Zeppelin, yeah. like you know, like all that. So yeah, it was a perfect fit. It was. It's I'm, I'm definitely into that type of music. Oh, that's so cool. Um, so I want to, George, you had a question? No, no I was just going to say that it's, it's and obviously, because it, it reminds me a little bit of us, right? When we, when we especially hooked up with Dave and our group and that it, we just had that perfect fit. Yeah. Right. And that's that, but it was not, again, it was not only musically, but it was just personality as well. The personality yeah. fit and we gelled very, very well. So you could, you can see that, you know, even just, you know, I mean, this, I've spoken to Sean before, but even just meeting you, you could tell right away that the personalities even gel just here on the screen. You can tell. Yeah. That. <laughs> that's the biggest thing. I mean, George and I have, you know, stories of, of that, you know, just yes, <laughs> music was fine. You know, but that personality thing is such a huge element of a band dynamic, you know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Sean, tell us a little bit about like what what were you looking for? Because I know we you and I, we've had a lot of, you know, a lot of discussions about about the leverage that you ha that you have. You know what I mean? And I was always telling Sean, I was like, look, you have a rehearsal space. Right. That's like that's pretty big. You know, a lot of a lot of places don't have a lot of musicians don't have that space. You know, you have the space, you have the songs, you have the recording equipment, you have the, the even the, the gigging equipment. 
Um, so there's a lot to offer as far, but that's just one aspect of it. You know, you also have to find somebody that has that gels personality wise. What, what kind of personality, what were you looking for? That was like the most important thing other than obviously, uh, they can, you know, strum a D chord, but. (laughs) Well, uh, several aspects that I was looking for was somebody who had a drive to be the best, not only do right by the band but be the best version of themselves Hmm. um somebody who was open-minded to the music it it didn't have to be their number one like form of music that they enjoyed but it it helps to have a common vision in that sense so there's less clashing of styles and ideas and more meshing and cooperation collaboration in that sense and i was also looking for somebody who would be loyal and somebody that I could trust because the way that I manage the band is uh, it's by two tenants, two tenants. Um, The first one is always to be honest with me, never, never lie to me. And second, don't embarrass me. And with the lineup that we have now, I've never been embarrassed. I've never been lied to and everything has been, running well because it takes it takes a lot of effort and time to build that that rapport and that trust mm-hmm. with somebody because a band is a marriage yeah so and and i've been through a lot of instances of band members you know betraying that trust so i was on very like high alert and high guard and doug's just been checking all the boxes off ever since he's joined the band in september so yeah. i feel vindicated and i i feel validated for taking that initiative. I was actually praying and, and like checking the text (laughs) over. It it was a long, it was like a novel that I sent to him. (laughs) And I was just so happy when he said yes. That's so cool. I'm surprised Doug, you didn't think he was like a mental patient, like writing (laughs) like a four page text. I didn't even know I could go that much. (laughs) Well, I like to read. So, you know, <laughs> and and Sean is, is is very smart and very poetic. Yeah, right? absolutely. He's he's honestly after getting to know after getting to know Sean for like the past uh you know like four or five months, he's one of the smartest people I've I've ever met. Honestly. He, is, he, is. he definitely when I met him, he's definitely one of the smartest people. You just ask him, he'll tell you. Um and everybody knows it. A really old uh, yes. um what's his name? Uh Don Rickles joke. Um, so I wanted to actually talk to Tommy because Tommy, we're guitar players and uh, you know, you got a guitar player coming in and, uh, yeah. And you were, yeah. were you were the only, the sole guitar. Well, you've been actually in the group originally, but you were the sole yeah. guitar player for a little bit. Right. And yeah. do you feel a little bit more like, I remember when Dave came into our band as this, this, the, 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 the other guitarist, it took such a weight off of me as far as like having to rhythm and then lead and all that stuff. How did that go with you? Did, did you feel uh, this, a, a, a relief of some sort? Yeah, I was, you know, I was happy to, you know, when we got Doug into the band, he could like, you know, play chords, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And he does do some lead as well, you yeah. know, in certain songs what we do now. But I can't, I'm just, I can't do it as well as you, buddy. I cannot do it as well as you. Well, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it is what it is, I guess. But, you know. <laughs> but, um, I just feel like I was more inspired like to 
put out more of myself when I'm playing live, like doing different licks, doing like different solos and, you know, really trying to experiment with different techniques and stuff when I play live more than I ever have before, like when I first joined the band. And uh, Sean could attest to this, you know, every time we played, I always put on like a spectacular show, <laughs> running around the place and just going yeah. nuts. He's, yeah. he's got all those uh, those rock band moves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you think of, I got it. I can do it pretty much now. He was playing and, Pride and Joy, like just like circling on the floor. Yeah. I know. I, I, I mean, just simply laying down the floor one time too, just like, yeah, you know, <laughs> nice. Just doing everything I could to put on a show. So yeah, and and I remember when you guys picked uh, Pride and Joy as one of your uh, tracks. I was like, wow, that's really that's saying something you know yeah. what i mean that's like saying something and i gotta be honest like at first i was kind of like nervous to play that one of course like yeah yeah it's stevie ray vaughn i don't want to yeah. mess it up so right right but it does take uh you know it takes balls i guess you would say just to to do something yeah. like that i remember i think george i think we did once a a clapton number yeah we did a clapton number and yep. it was difficult for us because the only real clapton lovers in the band was just me and george so <laughs> so no one i think i think dave kind of liked clapton yeah. but he wasn't like fully in, into uh into that they were more into like u2 and right we and did actually we did a u2 cover as well if you remember yeah, we correct did we, did, also, yeah. we did one but we weren't we really didn't do a lot of covers like you guys do you know mixture of covers and that type of thing but we didn't really we if we did one or two covers that was a lot for us you know yeah in new york it was different back back in the days it was different where you had um, in these clubs, you were expected to not really do yeah. covers. They didn't really yeah. want you to, to do covers, which I, which uh, when I came to New Jersey, it was like, well, they didn't want you to do originals. Originals, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was, I always found that like fascinating. Like it's like here in the, in Nashville, you know, they want you to do covers on Broadway, on the main Broadway strip. Mm -hmm. You know, that you go in there, you're gonna hear a lot of covers. But when you go to the smaller venues out out outside of broad, the main Broadway strip, they want originals. They want to hear. This is a songwriting town, so that's really uh, what I was always telling Sean about. And we're going to talk about songwriting a little bit. Was the early on when you were doing a lot of the covers? You remember our conversation? I was I was just telling you, you have to write. You know, write your own stuff. That's really the most important thing. You guys need to focus on and put out a record. You know, it doesn't have to be the best. And you guys put out a really, really good one as your first. But, you know, just put out something, you know. Yeah. So how, how are you guys writing now? Are you guys writing as a unit or, Sean, do you still write in your cave and then bring it bring it up from the dungeon or wherever you write? In the Sean cave, yes. Yeah. Sean uh, cave. It's, a, it's a bit of a mixture. Like, I, I feel pretty independent that and confident that I can write a song at, like, 2 a.m. and just like have it done and bring it to the guys like in, in full form and and play it for them and they'll know what to do like and we'll arrange it from there but i also feel more confident now that i have two people that i can bounce ideas off of so um it, it's it's a mixture like now we're getting more into being spontaneous and seeing what happens in the studio um with three minds as one yeah. which uh worked out pretty well for our latest single um which is uh the first lupo manuel uh original right. that was penned called mastermind That's oh right. nice nice right. yeah. awesome awesome so doug do you write uh is that you 
constantly write or is that like a new thing? Um, I've been writing since like I was in high school. So I've oh, been writing no. from, you know, I used to write more acoustic stuff, like, mm -hmm. like more singer songwriter kind of vibes. And then, like, I, as I learned how to, like, because, you know, I set up a little bit of, like, a studio in my in my room, like, a little bit, you know, just the bare bones, you know, mm -hmm. just to get stuff down if I had ideas and stuff. Um, I started venturing more into, like, rock and stuff and, like, you know, like, alternative, like, kind of that vibe. But, yeah, I've definitely been writing for a while. So, and then seeing somebody who can write as good as Sean and, like, having someone to bounce, at, bounce the ideas off, like, Mastermind was just, like, yeah. I came up with something and then he came up with something and we kind of like put it together and it was, it was, it was really fun. Like it was, wow. it was so much fun. Yeah. We flushed awesome. it out in about a half hour and then yeah. like I, wow. I made some adjustments like over about a week's time and then we yeah. reconvened and it was done. So. Wow. And that's actually the way it's supposed to be. Right, George. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, it, it's, it's cool because, and I'm assuming that when he, when Doug came on board, it kind of opened you guys up to so much more, many more possibilities. Right. Cause yeah. like, and again, going back to the way we were, when we brought Dave in and all of a sudden there was textures and colors and things that were added on that we really didn't have before. So yeah. all of us, it, it really opened us up to a whole new thing, which was great. Yeah. It changed the music. I mean, it didn't change. You know, it did kind of it, like it, evolved it, it very quickly. It quick did evolve, yeah. Something different. Yes. And I think, yes. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we, uh, you know, the story with Dave, we lost Dave uh, tragically, but um, he was a very, very creative uh, rhythm player. And those textures that you're talking about, you know, he was big on into the edge, like he loved mm -hmm. the edge. Right. So you can hear our, our evolve, how we evolved into um, what we were, we would have become was, what was that song that we did? Devil Tree, I think it was called. Devil something. Devil. Devil there was yeah, Devil Tree. So Devil there's Tree. a recording, a live recording at a club that we did, and somebody recorded it, and that kind of like shows where we were gonna go. It had really some great yeah. lines and stuff like that. So when you bring somebody in, and we want to talk about um, the other member who's not here, if you guys want to mention that as well. But when you bring somebody in with, like, like Doug has like lot of different styles too you know he's coming in with like a you know a whole bunch of a a, a palette you know of uh, different colors and everything how does that work with your songwriting now sean you know when you're writing did, did you have different ideas now or did it open up or are you pissed <laughs> you can't do that when i'm sitting so there you set me up for failure oh sorry was good. Was good. I'm there. there's so many possibilities that i'm pissed that doug's in the band now <laughs> I, I have so many great I have, things to, I have to really critically think now about what would be the best possibility but before i just had it you know decided but now that doug's now, here you know, i gotta yeah you gotta figure it out it's a lot more experimentation <laughs> Love you, <laughs> so back in the company. Yeah. <laughs> right here, right? Yeah. So what about um a drummer? Oh, you guys have a Peter. drummer? Yes, sir. Yes. That that that, that was uh, that was the, the biggest one that evolved for a while. <laughs> I remember and, and having been I guess since 2019, it feels like longer, doesn't it, Sean? It's not, it feels like it feels a lot longer. But ago, to be honest, I know, but <laughs> you went through at least that I know of at least three drummers that I yeah. know of. You probably went a couple more, maybe, but um, some that that I don't know about. But so tell us a little bit about uh, this gentleman. 
Well, um, at the start of the new year, uh, our last drummer, who is a good friend of ours um, from NJCU, Matt. Shout out to you, Matty Boy Blue. We love you, Matty. We, we love, love you, Matt. Yeah, he's great. Um, he, he volunteered. Um, he, he's such a good friend. He volunteered yeah. his time uh, all the way from May until the end of the year. Originally, he was supposed to end his tenure with us in October but we couldn't find anybody until January. So he extended mm -hmm. his time so generously. So again, thank you, Matt. Um, awesome. Thank you, Matt. But while we were searching for a drummer, we found uh, through some uh, circles at NJCU that I'm a part of, uh, we found a very awesome, dedicated, play till his hands bleed drummer <laughs> uh, named Peter. And he's our guy. Yeah. Awesome. He, he's a... Uh, He's very skilled in jazz, and um, he, he brings a, a different flavor to our sound that we really wanted. Like Matt, Matt is an awesome drummer. He he's really specializes at banging the drums really hard and you know being loud and proud. Yeah. But Peter has this this finesse and his, his own aura to him that opens up the possibilities, just like Doug's inclusion um, in the band did, like uh, soloing, for example. Yeah. We have uh, a few huge moments uh, planned for Peter at our next show um, and shows in the future that it, it only it only increases the value of the product um, for the fans. And that's what it's all about. Like we say, break time is a great time. So that's that's the ultimate goal. Having everybody leave our shows, having a great time or not coming at all. <laughs> <laughs> but please do come. But please, yeah. well, when you when you were when you were initially looking for drummers, there's something specifically you're looking for, or or like what he has is that what you were really specifically looking for? Uh, we were very we were very very picky because uh, to be honest, we were spoiled at the time back in 2019 to 2020 with our original drummer Joey. We love you, Joey. Joey, um, he had a, a great wide, Yeah, he. He, he's a uh, very masterful and has his own wide array of skills and he's so technical and all the power to him. Uh, shout out to you, Joey. Um, so we wanted to get somebody in the mold of Joey, but not Joey, gotcha. like his, his own person. Okay. Um, and we wanted somebody just like it, uh, who fit the mold of Doug, somebody who was loyal, somebody who I can trust and somebody who uh somebody who was nearby too and it helps that uh, he's a far away. <laughs> so, right. so and, and uh, everybody's been consistent including peter he's everybody's had perfect attendance we've never had any issues with um explaining practice is mandatory guys um <laughs> so yeah, he, we, he's, he's very reliable and we appreciate his contribution um to the band up in this point that's awesome. That's great. Um, you mentioned trust a couple of times. You know, who hurt you, Sean? <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> Let's um, talk about it. Let's it, unpack it, this. It, it all happened when I was born. <laughs> wow. Um, oh, that's far back. Huh? So, 12 days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, did, did do you guys now, because, you know, it's so important, and, you know, George and I, We've, I mean, Scott, we've talked hours and hours about the rehearsal part of it, you know, like 
rehearsal sometimes is not it's sometimes it's not where you want to be right? you know but it's where you have to be right. you know because it's like we want to play you know and and you kind of forget that that rehearsal is the most important time that you're going to spend yeah. because it's going to showcase on on stage so and george and i were like obsessive i mean what george and i would literally i would show up at the he lived um he had his his dad had like a, a space and he had like a little studio set up in the downstairs and i would show up there like around 10 30 11 a.m like on a saturday and i wouldn't leave there till like 10 p.m and we would be playing through the whole time and and sometimes it was just me and george you know people <laughs> wouldn't even come yeah no other, no one else but there was this um improvement that we did in a very short amount of time right. and not just improvement as individuals but improvement as like the the you know the tightness that you that you need in a band you know what i mean i mean that is like like i see bands here in nashville and i see a lot of great bands and i, I usually stream them right now because there a lot of them are streaming and the individual musicianships are great but they are not tight you know, they're just not tight because they're each doing their own thing. They, they don't rehearse a lot here. You just kind of show up on stage and just play with whoever is on stage at that point. It's kind of there's a lot of that going on. But the bands that are really, really tight. Do you guys talk a lot about that? You know, about making sure that 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 symbol doesn't ring out. Yeah. At the end, you know, I think that's. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. So we 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 run like a couple songs. I, I know, like last week when we were having rehearsals, we would just be running the same song like over and over again, like because we wanted to sound a specific way. We need this specific rhythm. We need a specific like cutoff or something. Like we want it to be tight, like rehearsed, yeah. like if it was as if it was a show. Right. So yeah, we've been like we are very attentive to detail in that way, so that we sound as uniform as we can. That's awesome. That's great. Do, do you guys, um, one of the things that John and I had always had conversations of when we were playing was like John said that we, we, we got better and we were obsessed with getting better. But yeah. when we got into the band, especially the last band wearing glass of no, we still had that mentality of getting better as musicians, even, you know, because I think even getting better, you know, on our own as musicians is just going to make us that much better when we get together. Right. So do you guys have that mentality as well? So when you're not together, when you're alone, you're still you know, bringing your craft up to another level? I can attest that I am ruthlessly devoted to, to, to that pursuit. Like if, if I can improve myself at four in the morning by writing another song out like entirely and, and just spending the night doing that, I will do that. Um, Tommy, uh, when it comes to scales and your playing, runs, yeah. yes, I'm always trying to you know look for different scales and different techniques. Whatever it is, I'll just make me a better guitarist when I'm writing songs myself or just playing one of Sean's or Doug's songs or just any song for that matter. And when we play live, you know, just to make sure it's not only tight but it actually sounds musical and you know really you know yeah. Good. Yeah, that's one of the well with Tommy, I can I can attest that I saw the improvement myself from twenty nineteen to to the show yeah. I saw on, on you guys. The incredible improvement and all you guys just um great, great, great stuff. One thing I wanted to also talk a little bit about was the the stage presence 
you know, like there's so many different elements to performing. It's not just the technical. Obviously, you have to have you have to be tidy. But there's also this stage persona. There's a there's banter, right? And you know, and that's one of the things that 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 really a lot of musicians really suck at because you don't practice it. You know, they're not thinking with like, well, hey, how's everybody doing tonight? Okay, you know, you know, or have some kind of repertoire between you guys. Yeah. You know, um, um, or report that you can show to everyone. Not repertoire. I don't know what I'm talking about. But show, show some kind of a uh, um, you guys in what, what's the word i'm trying to say some banter that you guys actually rehearse or is it you guys still fly off the cuff um i, I think it's uh it's it, it like everything it's it's a good mixture um we, we like to it's important we think to plan our moments during the show um so everybody gets something that they'll remember from it but on the same token if adjustments need to be made like on the cuff and you need to go off of the script a little bit, it it's important to be your genuine self on stage too. Right. You can't be too technical yeah. with it. Exactly. Yeah. We were like a little, we had, like, I remember in our show in December, we, we had some stuff like kind of planned out, like certain songs, like certain songs in our set list, we'd have it like planned out. And then, outside of that it's it's what sean said like you know being yeah, yeah. our authentic selves and just kind of playing the crowd a little bit you know like kind of feeling it out feeling yeah, you it don't out. want to be up there and be like so hey tommy i heard that you had an amazing weekend <laughs> uh, yeah That's like right Sean. and not just that yeah <laughs> uh, did, you, dude, did you ever have so one of tommy the- you wrote another song question mark (laughs) did you ever have those times where you're on you're on the stage and just something completely magical happens not on completely unplanned that you're all going to remember for you know years later where you're like remember that time where we played and we i mean you know we hit those notes and we hit this exactly you know i mean it's an amazing feeling i'm sure you guys have had that i i have I have uh, two ideas, and they're both relating uh, to Tommy and the same song. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the, the first one Doug wasn't around for, but that was that that was um, on the rooftop show that we did back in um, July. Um, that was when we played Pride and Joy. Oh, yeah. go figure! Nice. Uh, nice. And, and, nice. And, and Tommy was just uh, we have a wireless uh, guitar system, so mm-hmm. he he was just running all over the place. And then, and then at one point, I just literally just lay down and just like just play whatever's coming to my brain. The I'm just like like shredding away on the ground. I'm, and I don't know what made me do it, but I just uh, like okay, I'll just lay down. You know, like, and all the girls were hot for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from what I'm told. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there a video of that somewhere? I don't want yeah, 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 we actually have a video of that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> for multiple people. We have tons of content that hasn't been uh, posted yet, but that's scheduled. Um, and the other um, tan tan moment, as I was like, and I would like to call it, um, was during our recent show back in December at Butero. Uh, when we got to his verse, uh, he just—I was—I oh, uh, was, yeah, I was, he, he was yep. just so I can probably just... describe it better than me. Yeah, so so we, we would practice like Pride of Joy was one of the first songs we learned. So like, we've been playing it since September, right? So like every practice yeah. leading up to like the sh- like every That's practice. We, yeah, it's, it's yeah. So 
so uh, when Tommy when it would because we each split a verse in that song, it'll be like we each split up the verses, so like we each get like a little uh, you know, a little time to sing, and every practice Tommy would kind of like be a little subdued when he's singing. Like I don't know if it was like saving his voice or like you know just like trying to like figure you know. But so we play, so we, so on our last show, we play through, like, we play through the entire set and like, we're on a roll, like we're feeling good. And it comes to the last song and Tommy's verse and Tommy's verse comes and he starts belting it out. Like, like, I mean, it like, might have been like raspy voice. Like it, it was awesome. Like it was, it, nice. it, it was all, I looked at him. I was like, okay. Like, yeah, like, let's, <laughs> let's go. I mean, it was again, that kind of going, moment. I mean, going yeah. back to like, you know, we were feeling good by that time, you know, we were coming up yeah. to the last few yeah. songs. Yeah, we were probably, four hours. Eh? That, that was like probably <laughs> yeah. wow. one huge reason why I was just feeling so good. I was like, you know what? I'll even just do it yeah. so differently than, <laughs> than I've ever done. And it was and awesome. And that's it was great. I don't even know how, but I just. That's so great. The girls love Tam Tam. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, Doug has receipts. <laughs> so, so I wanted to um, talk to you guys about the the business side of things. You know, the business of uh, music post COVID. I know that things are slowly, yeah, <laughs> slowly uh, opening up, um, and there's just a lot more. It seems like there's a lot more need right now for music and art and beauty and you know than ever before. Um, how are you guys using your social media presence and your content and, you know, stuff on Spotify and, you know, what do you guys have a strategy on that or, or you just kind of like, just have fun. <laughs> strategy can be fun too, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we actually had, a, a our first ever annual meeting back in January where we outlined, um, a lot of uh, different goals and earmarked uh, money towards um, those goals since we are actually an established LLC. So we're very formal um, in our operations. Good. Um, I'm actually going to punt to Doug, uh, pop quiz to see if uh, we remember some of those. I hate that. <laughs> well, like with our social media, we introduced a couple things like, you know, like we, we started posting like every day, like we'd have three different strategies of posting, like a clip of like uh, a show, at least for the first couple months of the uh, of the year. And then obviously, I think we're gonna like reconvene and figure it out. But um, we post like a clip from like we take a lot of we've we've taken a lot of like uh, pictures. We our our good friend Vito, Sean's a best friend, and was a uh, very nice uh, to uh, take some photography during our practices. So we have a lot of that stuff and uh sean likes to meme it up a little bit so he, he adds his little uh yeah flair and you know uh, if it, our goal is to just you know like make you know ho hopefully when it sees your feed like you, you know you crack a little smile you know and right. you, know, right. you, you real like it's not all like it's it's it, it you know just if it could take two seconds away from you and just you know like make it chuckle a little bit or how right. like, yeah that, yeah then, we we, yeah. we want to be accessible to to everybody we just we we, we don't want to be uh, something you just see on a screen and you don't know what the work that goes, you know, into it. So right. we're very transparent. We're, we've been posting um, audio clips of some of our sessions and funny moments from from our sessions. Um, like like Doug said, we post pictures while we're practicing. Um, post pictures of our show. You know, we 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 want everybody 
to, to get to know us and we want to get to know everybody at the same time. We, we, we don't want to just be, oh, that's break time. Okay. Uh, and. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's so difficult because social media can be so corny for bands now because we've been so conditioned to knowing. I mean, Led Zeppelin was standing in the same positions that bands are standing today in front of the camera like this. Yeah. You know, real tough and, you know, their hats are down. They're like, I just crack up whenever I, I see that because I'm just like, these guys are probably not that serious. They're having fun, you know, they, and, and that's one of the things that I always loved about the Beatles was that they didn't really, and, and if there's any group that can take themselves seriously is the Beatles, but they never really did. They, they had fun, you know, they were making jokes. They were cranking jokes. They were playing with the, with the, the media and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so it's so important to really have that lighthearted approach to social media. So this way you, like you said, Sean, it's, it's more accessible. And next time they see it, they see something, they're going to pay attention to it because it didn't make them, it didn't threaten them in any way. It wasn't serious. You know, it was something that was fun. And, uh, and I think that that's a really, really good, smart approach. Break time's a great time. That's right. That's right. That's right. right. That's right. So what do you guys have planned? Uh, I want to talk a little bit about old music, new music, an article that we were talking about a little bit. Uh, George and I did a show on it. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about that. But what are you guys, tell me about your new record. Tell me about your next gig. Well, I'll start with uh, the record. Uh, we're releasing our debut EP entitled mm. Break Time, Great Times, Great time. <laughs> Volume 1. And it, it's it's jam-packed. It, it's, it's, it's an EP and more because we're, we're jam-packing a ton of value into this. It's eight new Break Time songs, and we're doing remasters of the five uh, Break Time singles that we released in 2021 so it's a huge value it's all new stuff plus a better quality sound and that that's what we want to project that's that's the break time great time for you that's great awesome and what do you guys have coming up as far as gigs um and our next show is uh it was actually mastermind did uh by doug uh it's our return show to butero Oh, on nice. March 5th. March 5th. March 5th at 8 p.m. We're playing another four-hour show with one hour plus of Break Time Originals, both released and unreleased. So if you want to get the inside scoop on all things Break Time, be there. Be, be there. there. Butera, one, 184 Broadway. That's so March great. Nice. And, you know, we talked about, Sean, about getting like a residency somewhere, like in some place that you would play once a month. It looks like that could be it. Because you've already been, you've played there how many times now? This is our second time now. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Okay, I thought it was more. Okay. Yeah. It's an, it's an awesome venue. It is. It is. And um, then there's the B22 place. I don't know if you're gonna, you guys are going to play there again. Um, the the rooftop place, because that seemed like a cool, that, that looked great on, on the film. It was a great, great show. I, I have tons of ideas, so I'm definitely um, going to be reaching out to B22 fairly soon so we get that planned. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So we're going to talk a little bit of where almost at the 40 minute mark, but I want to kind of like oh, talk man. a little bit about this because this oh, is a, this is actually a, a interesting conversation. <laughs> so there was an article in the Atlantic 
And um, it was covered by Rick Beato, who's on YouTube. Um, he's an educator on YouTube. He's an awesome, awesome YouTube guy. Uh, very smart guy. So he did this article about how these uh, on Spotify, the 70% of the songs, I think it was like 72% of the music that's being played on Spotify is old music. Okay. So all the new music seems to come in and dissipate just as fast as it came in. Um, and there's this fear that new music is not just going to be no. gone, you know? And um, so what, what are your takes on that? And we'll go individually. You guys love the classics, but you guys are young and you guys have your, you know, you want to bring in new flavors to it as well. And kind of like, almost like what Doug said, we kind of rediscover these songs and revamp them again, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, um, not, I don't mean the covers, I mean the actual style, the genre, right? So what do you guys think about that as far as, as far as like that style of music being so popular now? You know, I mean, just anything that's from the 70s, 80s, and 90s is way more popular than anything that just came out last week. Yeah. I mean, that is kind of crazy. Yeah. So, so um, see, I, see, I don't really hate new music. Right. Like, right. so like, yeah, like, I don't either. It, no. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, weird. It's, it's kind of a weird thing that, that the, the statistics are just weird on that. It's, it's interesting because, you know, like the stuff that a lot of people listen to, like the popular, the, the, the songs that go popular, like, like mainstream, right. it's, it's very form It's very formula, uh, formulaic. Right. So like it, you can tell, like it's very processed and like very like you very know there's produced. like a team there's like a team behind it, right? It's yeah, very right. and um you know like when when you listen to the older stuff, you can just tell like you can like you're not gonna hear like when the songs that people listen to over and over again from like the sixties, seventies, and eighties, you you don't hear songs like them again. Like you don't hear it, it doesn't sound remotely the same. Right. It no. doesn't like whereas like the new like the if you like a newer like poppy hit like you like you could tell like oh by the way the person the person sings it or like who the person is like oh it's like their own little flair but it's kind of like kind of yeah. rehashing the same formula maybe a little twist maybe a little something here yeah but um but I, but when it comes to new music there is a lot of good stuff that is it just goes relatively under the radar like there's been a really big kind of like surf rocky revival lately like hmm. in like at least like in like the past like couple of years or like it's a very like you know like surf rocky like 60 70 sound sure. maybe not like a little maybe a little less like hard like harmonic but it's still like that kind of sound which i like i'm really into hmm. so like there's stuff if you if you really dig and find it like you, that's, that's why i love thing. yeah but that's yeah. things you gotta dig that's for it right yeah exactly exactly a lot you of would think they would want us you think they they push the uh you know like the yeah. the stuff a little bit more love in it but yeah, I think part of the uh, the issue is that these record companies have lost the ability to um, nurture talent. That's what used to happen back in the day. You know, yeah. somebody would come yeah. in, their first record might not be the greatest, but it was good enough. And the second one, you know, it's always that sophomore uh, huge hit, right? Or even the third album sometimes. But yeah. they, they, that investment of time is just not happening anymore. As a matter of fact, I saw a thing with uh, again Rick Beato. I'm talking, to, I watch a lot of Rick Beato videos, but um, he did a thing where he went on the um, the top ten songs that were out now, the top ten popular. I don't know, did, did you see that, Tommy? Yeah, I think I've seen. Um, I don't know how many he did, but I think I've seen at least one of them. If he did more than one, but yeah, I think he did maybe five or ten or what. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, it was yeah, the yeah. top songs that were yeah. 
some of them were nominated for uh, for Grammys. And he pointed out one of them, and I won't mention the artist because it's a very famous artist and no disrespect to the artist you know, himself, but he mentioned how poorly the production was on, like the vocals were horrible. He was, and this is a producer, you know, this guy, this is a guy who has a tremendous ear, um, you know, for music. And I was blown away by some of the, the level. It seemed like every song started with the same kind of that trap rhythm thing that comes in with like, yeah, and it has this kind of vibe. And then the next song comes on. All right, this is the new one. But it goes, yeah, it's like it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's almost it's, it's, from yeah. the same album. Like it's like a like a, a a concept album or something that it's all from. And they're yeah, all different because, artists. Yeah, I feel like when somebody really sets a trend, it really gets worn out over time. Like it, the, the first, but the first, like the first time that trend comes to light, it's awesome. Like it's it's a really yeah. cool experience, and then. Yeah. Over time, it's just worn and worn and worn, and everybody's doing it. It's it's a. I feel like it's like a copycat kind of game right now. It definitely is, and I think it's the record company's laziness that it's just like it's much easier to find somebody that looks like this person and give them a song that sounds like that song because this guy did a a, a million set, you know, downloads. This guy is going to do a million downloads too, and and that that becomes the uh, the shame and the the embarrassment of the music industry overall that they're just not investing. And it's not even the music industry. Scratch that. The music industry has nothing to do with that. It's these record companies, people mm-hmm. that make money. We're the music industry, right? We're, we're the ones making music and listening to it and consuming music. The music industry is within the people, not necessarily with the companies. But the companies are spending their money um, on a sure thing. It's almost like what Hollywood is doing. You know, Marvel movie, you know, it's going to make a lot of money. And that that uh, character study film is not going to make as much money, so they're going to invest it to where they, they know that they can get top dollars on. Yeah. Um, do you see? But moving forward, do you see? I personally, I think there's going to be another revolution of music. I think we're we're seeing it already. Like like Doug was talking about, there is great music out there, and it is going to get out because people are going to get tired of of this nonsense with uh, um, what's happening on Spotify and artists are becoming way more independent today than ever before you don't need a record company anymore right you can get your audience off of TikTok and and and, uh, and instagram and all that and really create a, an actual income source yeah. selling your music and touring and then you hire you outsource a touring company you know that, that helps you with the tour and you outsource all these things the merchandising all that stuff um what do you guys think you know ab- about the future the, the near future. Yeah, um, I I agree with what you're saying. I I think too many musicians, like on the ground level, are looking at what they do um, through a, a myopic lens. Like you, in today's industry, you you can't only be a musician. You're not just a musician. Break time. I consider break time to be a band, a brand, a production company and uh so on and so forth there's so many other facets that we have to handle for ourselves and we know how to do so it 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 takes approaching it from a wider view a a wider view think think of it more 
than just the music. The, the music is very important and you should spend your, your time on making your art and selling it. But there's so much more involved that musicians need to do in our current industry to to make it. And if if they're up to the task of doing so, like break time, um, it the future will be insured for all musicians of all levels um, up till up to the record labels like the it used to be that getting a, a, a label uh, a deal a record deal was the be all end all and it's just not that way anymore and if if you feel dependent on that you got to shake yourself out of it you you need to empower yourself more than giving that power away Correct. to the executives that are more so prioritizing a, a safe bet with the same two, three teams that write songs for everybody. Yeah. They, they don't have an A&R people anymore. They want somebody right. who's developed. The onus is on the musician. And with the technology that's out there today too, the music industry is very democratized. That's it's, it's a, but it's a double-edged sword too. Um, there's a lot of good musicians, but there's also a lot of bad musicians. And like Doug said, you have to really dig through music to yeah. find the the vibe that that you like. It, yeah. And it's so much effort on on the part of the listeners it, that you, you have to you have to make enough noise to get through the noise that's already there. Yeah, correct. So, so it's about taking initiative. I think. What, what do you guys think about that? Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you. One thing is you said it, it's, it's so true. Like, I want to get your idea on this because because John and I were talking about this on our last on the last show that we did on this was I said that back in those days, the Eagles, the Zeppelins, the Eric Clapton's and those those days, um, there was an element of paying your dues. And there was an element of where you had to be so creative because there was so much competition. There was no social media. There was no, you know, I could be on TikTok and get a thousand followers and, you know, that type of thing. So these guys had an element of working hard to create these melodies, to create these albums, because they knew that there was these other bands, the British Invasion and all these things that were right behind them. Right. Yeah. And so it forced them to be extremely creative at that time and this is where we hear all that stuff right whereas of now just like you know again there are a lot of there are a lot of good bands out there but the element is completely different now like you said there's no ar people you can get all these youtube people and your channel can explode and you can become huge yeah. just by that right and versus so you don't have that there's there's a little bit of a that well there's a lot of there's a different work ethic now than there is back in those days yeah. what, what are your thoughts on that so yeah i like the way i see it like i feel like right now there's tons and tons of bands that are very very good and do very like probably write a very good original material and are just undiscovered because it's just lack of knowing how to put that second piece together because like it's 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 like a lack of either promotion like like knowing how to like who to go to where to go to maybe like networking like it's it's you have to be like like Sean said you have to be both parts now like yeah, you have right. to because yeah. um you just have to you have to you yeah. but you also the other thing I was thinking of is you have to also be honest with yourself too because if you're gonna take that that independent route that 
self that's like because it takes investment too like in monetary like you know it's it's as much as it's like you think like oh it's a great idea i'm gonna i'm gonna post a tiktok or youtube video and have it blow up it doesn't work like that like you have Mm -hmm. to kind of know how to work it you kind of know like if you want to put ads out if you if like it's 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 such a different it's such a different experience now I think the dues that are being paid today are just different, and that's yes. you know, they're yes. they're no yeah. less painful <laughs> than right. they than they were back then. The competition, I think, is I think there there may be just about the same amount of competition, but it, they're spread out differently, you know. So you, it's not like Laurel Canyon in uh, in L.A. where you had all these incredible artists living in there. Crosby still doing, yeah, you know, all. And, um, yeah, but their competition around. those competitions were all like out there meaning That's what I'm right saying. now yeah they're here they're not like but, but if you look at the anymore. number wise the right. number wise you know you could say we can sit here and name you know a hundred groups that we can think of during that time that were doing really well a hundred today you can go on tiktok and you probably can find thousands and thousands right. of artists that have a pretty decent number but are relying on that as their art, as right. their reach. Whereas mm-hmm. the, the live performance is going to come back at some point. People are going to be, are going to want to see live music. So the paying your dues is, is sort of like adding the social media would just add it onto it. I don't think it's any yeah. different than it was. Exactly. And, yeah. and then the dues were paid. I think something else was just added back then you had, all right, guys, let's go around here. We got to put what, what, isn't that what we did? We would go to the club. We would bring a poster They'll put it on the window. We would do mail. We would actually mail postcards. That's how old we are. We would actually mail postcards to people. And then when email came, early email, that was like a big thing as well. Whatever comes that we could actually use to let people know where we're going to be and what kind of stuff, then that is what we will, that's what we have to utilize, you know, and, and learning it is, can be annoying for some for some artists and i think that's where a lot of them like doug said they're not being heard because they're not they don't know how to do it they don't want to spend time on youtube and watching a training a webinar on how to but isn't that part of paying your dues though exactly that's my point but just like just like in the 60s and 70s there are bands out there that didn't want to go to that writer session they didn't want to go you know how many how many artists or how many people said they were going to go to Woodstock and didn't go to Woodstock? You know, ah, it's just another concert. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. it happened. You know, a lot of people didn't. You know, so I think that the the paying of the dues are there. I think it's just slightly different the way the way it's structured today. Everything yeah. people. I mean, we're still we're still playing the same chords that we played back then. We're still recording music. You know, at a much higher quality level today at, a, at somebody's house than we were back then. But the difference, the difference is that back then there was somebody that had a lot of money that came in and said, we're going to record you. And, you know, Janis Joplin, who was found by Clive Davis, right? He went into this club. He heard this, this voice. He was singing with the group and he was blown away. He pulls her out and starts recording her um, and, and everyone else, Whitney Houston. Uh, this is a, a, a human that went out and saw something and then brought it in and developed it. Look at Whitney yeah. Houston when she was 19 or, or 16, 17 years old singing. Right. She was yeah. not, she was, she was a great singer, but she was terrified. She was like, you know, singing like very, very nervous. You know what I mean? Why? But 
if if that was today, if Whitney Houston came out today and was on a TikTok singing like that, with that, they're gonna say, oh, she doesn't have star quality. She doesn't right. have it, you right. know, and and yeah. she would be brushed off, you know. Right. Um. So that that to me is is a major uh, issue with uh, I won't call it a problem, but I'll definitely call it a, a issue with the whole social media, the way it's being utilized. There, it's a tool. It's not your career. I agree. I agree. And it's been a, like it's been a hard right. balance to try to have to. <laughs> Good night, Steve. <laughs> no, it's just it's just hard to have to think of yourself like it because it, it's kind of like putting like it's one thing to set up a camera and like do something like this where we're just talking to each other, but it's another thing to like try to promote an image where it's not based on getting on the stage and doing right. your thing and like right. having the work speak for itself. In, yeah. In right. a way. yeah. And right. you think about, and I was talking to somebody about this. If, if Jimi Hendrix was around today, is he going to do social media? I mean, we've all seen documentaries on Jimi Hendrix, right? The guy did not really pay attention to, to much things. He would, this guy who signed contracts with record companies and then would leave the country. Yeah. <laughs> and people would be like, where'd you go? Yeah. And I went over to England. Um, so, there are some Janis Joplin is not going to do it. The Doors, Jim Morrison is not going to go out there, and he's not going to, he's not going to be on social media promoting. They just wasn't part of you know. So how many? Yeah, artists, but, uh, Kurt I, Cobain, probably one of the most recent guys, you know, um, just missed social media by maybe ten years or so. Sure. But you know, Kurt Cobain is probably not going to go on 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 Instagram. You know, I just don't see it. Maybe his record company will or somebody right. will do it for him, you mm -hmm. know, but I don't think he's going to actually do it, especially if they're unknown. So that's where the concern lies is how many artists out there. And I'm glad we have Sean and Tommy and Doug that are seeing the value in what the current tool to promote is. That's all it is. It's a tool to promote whatever it is you have. But how many artists are out there that are brilliant and unfortunately, we're never going to hear them because they're just, eh, I don't want to. I've had people, I, I know great singers, and I had one guy, and you know who he is, George, who told me, he was like, nah, I had, I had somebody, I have somebody doing that for me. And social media, it's social. This is why it's a thing now. They want to see you. For whatever reason, people want to see people doing their thing. They don't want to see a corporate logo and a, you know, a, a bunch of, of stills, you know, of you in, in very high quality. You know what I mean? It's like if Beyonce is out there with her phone in her kitchen talking to people, that means that it's that that it, it's a valuable thing to do. Yeah. If Beyonce is doing it, she needs to do nothing. Right. She is Beyonce. Right. And, and all those guys, they don't they, they are they're still out doing it because they, they see the value in it. They're connecting with an audience. Right. So that's my biggest thing. And, you know, I, I use this as an education to younger musicians or not even younger musicians, just musicians in general that want to create something, a platform for themselves. You know what I mean? Like, Sean, you know, talk a little bit about that. You know, what would you say to somebody out there? You you seem to have put together um, you like the mastermind behind the, the break time because you put together Dream the it. band. You, you write the songs, you, you know, you, you kind of like arrange the, uh, the, the uh, rehearsals and, and run things and stuff like that. And you're doing the social media, you put all in, you've, you, you did an LLC for your company. So you, you're, you're 
consciously uh, doing things that you know are going to benefit the band in the future. You know, what advice would you give to somebody out there that's starting a band? Uh, or already in a band. <laughs> I'm going to repeat what I said earlier. You can't approach this with a myopic view. So, so do not say, oh, I don't do this. Oh, I don't do that. That's not me. That will never be me. Say yes more times than you will say no, but also know your worth. Know who you are and use all the tools that you have at your disposal with effective efficiency to, to reach your self-actualization. Whatever your self-actualization goal is, use everything you can. Do it effectively, do it efficiently, and do it with a plan, and then actually do it. Make it happen. Yeah. It's got a whole got a whole uh, tape there that you can do. Get my new Sean Noel tape. And, and if you want motivation, we, we post a morning mantra every day um, oh, nice. from uh, around 11 to 1. We try to do 11, but it's been more like one o'clock lately so it's more like an afternoon mantra. Afternoon mantra yeah. but, but um good morning go, go it's follow 1 us at break time live nj for a ton of laughs and uplifting content That's like awesome. that. i love it i love it i want to actually uh turn over uh to you guys on your final thoughts here on break time and of course you guys are going to come back and uh you know we'll we'll do this again um you know in the future but what's your final thought? Final words, Tim Tim. Oh, time is a great time. That's all I gotta say. There you go. Short and sweet time is a great time. <laughs> what do you gotta say, Doug? No, I think I think having conversations like this is awesome. You know, like it's 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 bigger. It's bigger than even just the what is it? Five of us here. It's bigger than us. There's there's a whole right. world out there. Like. We're just trying every day is to learn every day is, is a chance to learn from whatever. Just just Absolutely. we just have to keep we just keep our you know, we all we all have our goals. We all like like Sean said, like have a plan, like we all have our goals and every day is a day to work towards it. So Absolutely, absolutely. Awesome. Well guys, hang tight. We're gonna say good uh, good night. We'll uh, we appreciate you so much for taking the time to come out here. We love the you the energy you guys have and appreciate it. So please come back again. And um, yeah, break time is a great time. And I think they break time, great time. Yeah, great time. at break time live NJ, break time live NJ.com. Yep. That's all in the description below. Oh, gosh. All right. <laughs> Take care guys. Thank you. Awesome guys. Awesome guys. You know, and that, yep. that's, a, that's what I was, and I was telling you about how well, um their their heads are on you know right, what i mean like exactly i mean yeah. i think you and i kind of had a little bit of that i mm -hmm. think it was harder to get the whole to maybe yeah. influence others as much as as uh as we were influenced during those early early days Definitely. but um and we didn't have social media and all the tools right. and stuff like that but still you know you just you get this idea that they that they're building something that they know especially sean because he's kind of like uh, uh the mastermind he's a i think he's a um I think he's an alien, um, but uh, 
<laughs> There's always one in those. In the, in the There's pandemic. always one alien. You got to have an alien in the group. <laughs> have an alien in the but he really has his head on right, and he knows exactly what he wants, and he's doing something that's really special. And I'm grateful that we were able to, since 2019, that I was able to show him on here. And we did a we did a thing called Music Makers, which was uh, I think right. you were on, on on that, George. Um, and I would love to even start something like that again at some point. But it's just a great opportunity to really talk to somebody who really is doing it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I agree. So, I agree. Cool. All right. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We will see you all again next week, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here for Counterparts. George Batista, John Henry Soto. See you next week. And as always.